It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Hope everybody is having a nice afternoon as we look at the San Jose Sharks getting ready for Vegas today at 7. Of course, our pregame coverage starts at 6.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. The Sharks cannot eliminate Vegas from playoff contention, but they can put a real big hurt on it tonight if the Sharks do hand them a regulation loss. And for me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing that in the slightest. And yes, I do like Pete DeBoer, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind putting them in a bad situation heading into the final stretch of games for their season. And plus, we just don't have a lot of regular season success against Vegas, so that's another reason I would like to have some regular season success against Vegas. Yes, even if it is a relatively lost cause of a shark season, I still think there is a lot to play for in terms of just trying to play for pride, trying to represent the colors that you wear on your sweater, the team, the franchise, the fan base. And I also want to see if they can replicate what they did last night against a lesser opponent. And I only say that when compared to Vegas, I'm not trying to take it out on Chicago, but you know, the sharks got a very complete performance last night. They won the special teams battle. Capo Kakinen was absolutely fantastic. They got Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle to score goals. Jasper Weatherby got a goal. Nick Bonino. So for me, I like the idea of the Sharks seeing exactly what they did to win last night in getting big boy goals, depth goals, youth goals, special teams battle, net minding. And like, yeah, of course, if you put all these together, you're going to walk away with a win. But I think the Sharks need to have these things hammered home because they've not been able to consistently do it over the course of the season. And that's why I think not the last night is any more of a blueprint than any other win for the Sharks. It's just, it's important to note what exactly transpired last night that allowed the Sharks to walk away with the win. It wasn't just that they were better than Chicago. It's that they did get production across the board. Everybody did their job. It was a team win marked by some rather impressive individual performances. And I also like the fact in particular that Bob Bugner sat down with Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle and pretty much had to talk to them. And I think that Bob Bugner, you know, I know that he's not everybody's favorite, but I think his ability to try and get through to guys and get them to respond and react, he seems to know how to push those buttons. And, you know, there's no talk of guys doubting Bob Bugner's system. There's no talk of any of the guys having a problem in the dressing room. Everybody's on the same page. And I think that Bob Bugner has done a lot to keep this team as competitive as they have been. It could have been worse, but he has been able to limit the damage, essentially, and put a pretty competitive team out there every single night. And this is, again, another opportunity where the Sharks are going up against a pretty good team and they'll have another opportunity to show that, yeah, they too are a pretty good team. They just haven't had a lot of breaks this season. you got to catch the breaks. And unfortunately, the breaks the Sharks have caught have been in the way of injuries. And I know that's nothing compared to what Vegas has gone through because they've had their own injury problems as well. But obviously, we are a little bit more intimately familiar with the injury issues that the Sharks have dealt with. But uh, 
I wanted to get into some of the sound that Bob Bugner uh, gave to us this morning, talking about uh, just what he's expecting to see tonight against Vegas. Uh, doesn't sound like any changes are coming, at least that's not the plan. Actually, we're going to go with the exact same lineup uh, with Rhymes playing in that. And personally, I like the idea of rewarding the guys who went out and put forth a good effort and helped you get a win. That was a very, very complete victory. It was not flawless. It was not perfect by any means, but it was a complete win. The Sharks played good hockey start to finish. It was not without its moments where they looked a little bit out of sorts, but at the same time, it was a good game. They walked away with a win when all was said and done. Timo Meyer last night talked about the Sharks viewing this as their biggest game left this year because they can make things very difficult for Vegas. Bob Bugner was asked about that statement from Timo. Well, for us, I think it's, you know, I said the same thing. I, we want to be uh, a team that's hard to play against and we want to compete and we want to, you know, be in every game. And, and for the most part, we've done that. Um, but yes, it's the biggest game of the year for Vegas. And, and hopefully that brings a little bit of extra um you know, extra importance for us. I think it's important that we try to, uh, um, you know, I don't want to say you use this as a measuring stick, but, you know, we've talked about the Dallas game, how important that was to Dallas, Vancouver, the importance of that game for them, even Nashville for that for that matter. I think you saw that uh, those points were so valuable to them at that point. So we've been in this situation over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and, and, you know, for the most part, we've, uh, we've rose to the occasion. And, and uh, whether we've taken it to overtime or, you know, lost because we haven't been able to find that extra goal. Um, you know, that's the same kind of what we're looking for here tonight. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're giving ourselves a chance. It's the third period in, in, in a tough building, and uh, and we got a chance to, you know, to get some points out of it. That's what we're looking to do. And Bugner also discussed the relative challenges of getting up for a big game, even when you know your own season has come to an end. Well, I think that uh, we've talked a, 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 about a few things as a team. I think, you know, I just talked about the young guys and the experience and the development they're getting. That's that's a that's a big thing, being able to be in a big game like this in a really tough building and exciting atmosphere. That That's, you know, that's a big thing when you talk about development. I think for the veteran guys, it's... Uh, you know, more or less leading and, and trying to, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's got a lot of pride. You you want to look in the mirror at the end of the night and, and think that you've given everything you had and, uh, um, you know, and, and giving yourself a chance. We know we're not in the playoffs. We know that's not possible right now, but uh, everything we're doing now is trying to um, finish off on a, on a positive note and, and uh, play hard together as a team, which for the most part we've done all year. Um, and I think that, uh, that's, that's the message. I mean, uh, uh, we know how important this game is for Vegas. So we have to be in a frame of mind. If you're not ready, um, I think you look at games around the league. I, even last night, I look at games that, you know, um, you know, Tampa Bay and, and, uh, um, I think it was Detroit got blown out. Nashville got blown out. Um, you know, it's happening every night around the league and it's, it's not easy to, uh, um, you know, stay in games sometimes, and, uh, and that's my job, and it's our job as veteran guys here to make sure this team's ready to play. And, uh, um, you know, because if not, this team here, they, they got everybody back healthy for the most part. And, um, you know, it's, uh, this is a do-or-die game for them. And Bob also spoke to the fact that a player like Timo Meyer was viewing it and was being very open about, you know, having to treat this as a big game. He could easily just say, oh, it's another game. But he is, you know, stoking the, the flames of the rivalry. I do like that. I think that, uh, you know, thinking about it uh, already and knowing what they're going to be into, um, I think that's important. And I think, you know, um, when young guys are surrounded with that uh, uh, and hearing the old guys talk like that and, or, you know, the veteran guys talk like that, I think, uh, um, you know, that's got to spike, uh, that's got to spike them too. So I, I like the team is already thinking about that and, and, uh, you know, and then let's face it to give ourselves a chance tonight, guys like Timo, Tommy, Cooch, 
um, they're going to have to be our best players. So um, it's a good thing. Now, speaking of those younger players, a lot of them have never been in something quite like what goes down in Vegas in terms of the atmosphere and the environment and the production values of what they do. Something else that Bob Bugner also talked about, and he recalled walking with Thomas Bordalo. Yeah, it's funny. I was walking down the uh, in the elevator and walking to the breakfast room with Thomas Bordalo this morning, and uh, I sort of talked to him about tonight and the atmosphere he's inexperienced. And uh, he said, yeah, I've heard a lot about it, and I'm excited for it. And, you know, some of the veterans are already talked to me about it so um it's sort of cool that you know young guys that haven't been there before are going to have that experience um you know this is such a, a, a desperation game for for vegas here um you know that's that uh, that level we got to try and you know we did some decent things last night but it's a completely different um game here tonight when when talk about uh, time and space and and uh, um you know trying to do the little things right and trying to do the little things right has been a point of emphasis for the Sharks when developing a lot of the younger players that they're putting out there on the ice on a game-to-game -game basis. Again, the biggest takeaway this year is that in terms of a lot of the prospects the Sharks have had it, able to come up to the NHL level, they've been able to get a very good look, whether it's a Merkley, whether it's a Shemilevsky, whether it's a Reedy, whether it's a Magna, whether it is a Middleton before he was gone. The Sharks have gotten very detailed looks at their young players. More from Bugner. Well, I think the one good thing I think is is what we're doing is we're seeing some uh, uh, we're getting some production. I think you know over the last couple of weeks, you, you know, weather scored last night. Reedy's been on the board a couple of times. Uh, Bortle comes in and chips in with uh, some assists and makes Noah Gregor and Balser's game instantly better. I think Sasha's been used uh, around the lineup and and uh, is is also contributed. I mean, uh, um, so they're all contributing, which is important to, to see at this time of year, especially in, when we talked about these tough games, you know, and, and they've get to, the, the good thing is, is they've been, uh, um, been able to, to sit down with these guys through team video to through shift tapes through, um, you know, just spending a lot of time and, and teaching at the iPads on the bench in real time. I think it's been a great experience for these guys. And, uh, you know, and I think uh, I've seen improvements. I've, I've uh, definitely got to live with uh, through some mistakes and through some ups and downs, but I definitely have seen that they're all going in the right direction. Uh, same on the back end, you know, I know it's been a while, but Malash has played a quite a good chunk of games and Magna and Merkley's had some experience here. So um, it's, it's, it's been a good thing. And then we talk about development. This is the ultimate development right here, uh, being able to uh, um, be a part of this. And that's, again, how I felt about it all year long. It's like, if you're not going to make it to the playoffs or if you're not going to do this hardcore rebuild, if you're going to do this reset on the fly, then you need to make sure you can get these guys out there and you can, like Bob said, have the ultimate development where where is a Ryan Merkley compared to the NHL? Where is a Reedy, a Shemilevsky, a Gregor, a Bordalo, an Eklund, as we saw very early in the season? These are the things that you are trying to figure out, and that's how you make the most of a season like this. And, you know, I'm glad that Bob has embraced it. What's amazing to me is that people always say, well, the Sharks, you know, they need to do a, a rebuild. And it's like, well, they're putting tons of young guys out there every single night. They have not traded away any of their picks. They have moved to a cheaper direction, at least in Netminder for now. They have not signed any big free agent contracts. Yes, they extended hurdle, but it's like they're doing, you know, kind of a simultaneous aspect where they are working their way through young players and trying to build up guys while simultaneously maximizing the talents of big name talents that they do have. You've got Couture, you've got Meyer, you've got Hurdle, you've got Burns, you've got Couture. Everyone thinks it's so easy to just drop a contract off your books. 
Doesn't always work like that in the NHL, especially with the current cap situation. As easy as everyone thinks the rebuild would be, I am one to caution against it because I think that there is no guarantee that you come out clean on the other side. You might just be bad for that much longer. When you have talent, in my opinion, in sports, it does not behoove you to get rid of it. The Sharks have talent. Talent that can be built around. Talent that can also help build the games of younger players as they make their own way into the NHL. I don't think that's something you want to get rid of. I think that's something you want to keep. It's like real estate. You shouldn't be trying to get rid of it. You should be trying to maximize it, get more. And the Sharks do want to get more talent right now or real estate or however we want to you know, make the comparison here. But they want to have more talent on their squad. What you don't want to do, though, is leverage the future. And that's the difference. When you're in the window... You can leverage the future a little bit, and we've seen the Sharks do it. You make moves that will allow them the opportunity to go deep into a certain season, even if it costs them down the line. Well, the Sharks have gotten to that point. They didn't have the next guys ready to step up, the big guns, the top draft picks, and so they've had to deal with the situation they're currently in. That doesn't mean they can't try and get the most out of these players. That doesn't mean that they still don't have some diamonds in the rough, and that doesn't mean that you have to get rid of all your top-end talent to do a quote-unquote rebuild which I think is a very nebulous term and has been kind of warped for financial gain for teams across professional sports. I mean, that's another topic, but the only difference between what the Sharks are doing and between what other teams are doing is the Sharks' talent isn't as old. Yes, Couture and Burns are not getting any younger, but you know, I also look at Carlson, Hurdle, and Timo and think those are guys that if you turn things around, if you bring in more players, they can be pretty useful for you in the near future. Uh, another really interesting quote that we got from Bob out of today's press conference was about his relationship with Pete. And he asked, he was asked if he still, you know, talks to him, keeps in touch. You know, I still stay in touch with Pete and not so much lately. We've sort of, you know, I've let him do his thing and and I know how, uh, you know, the pressure he's under and all those other things, but uh, um, at that, that team, I don't know if there's another team in the league that's had more, um, you know, man games down and uh, with important players, um, you know, so they've gone through the whole roller coaster this year of the big trade for Eichel, uh, all the injuries. Now everybody back healthy uh, for the most part, but the goalie, I think. And then, uh, um, you know, just get clawing in, clawing their way to the finish line, having almost win out to get into the playoffs. It's uh, I'm sure at the end of the season, whatever happens, I think we'll probably, uh, um, you know, compare notes and sit back and, and uh you know, and talk about things a little more, but, uh, from the outside looking in, it's been, uh, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy season for those guys. It has been a crazy season for Vegas and it's probably a little bit of a reality check for how difficult it is to advance to the playoffs year after year after year in the NHL. And I'm not trying to be some sort of ha told you so type person, but you know, Vegas has known nothing but success since they've come into the league. They were situated in a very good place. They have maximized that and credit to them for doing so. But at the same time, they are getting their first dose of reality of how difficult the NHL life is. And I think it also goes back to what I believe was a massive mistake in dealing Marc-Andre Fleury to Chicago last July. And yeah, I understand they're trying to work with their books, but you know, that is a sure thing. When you have in sports, when you have a sure thing, in my opinion, you don't go away from it. I mean, I understand there is the desire to free up cap space to make moves in other areas, but if you have a formula that's taken you pretty darn far in the past, for, for me personally, 
I would not want to get away from that formula. Now that again, you you might say that I'm wrong, but you know they they had a good thing going and they intentionally moved away from it. Of course, hindsight is 2020, but it's just it's it's I still find it baffling. That would be like the Sharks trading Patrick Marlowe or you know moving away from Joe Pavelski in 2012 or something. Just it wouldn't have made any sense to me. Of course, on the other side of that, you have to acknowledge the fact that the Boston Bruins traded Joe Thornton to the Sharks. So I guess that takes me back to the idea that hindsight is 2020 when all is said and done. But again, just back to the point of Vegas is now feeling the reality of the NHL. And I, I think that they, not they, the franchise probably knows how hard it is. The fan base had seemed like it was always going to be this way. Like Vegas was always going to be at the top of the standings. And, you know, it's like, it's just not that easy. You have trials and tribulations of being in the NHL. And just like any team in any league, it's hard to stay on top especially when you don't have one of your best players on your team anymore. You always think you have the replacement in place, but what's plan B when that replacement doesn't work? And yes, I know they went out and got Jack Eichel, but you know the amount of injuries they've dealt with this year and the amount of things they've had to deal with, it just it hasn't turned them into a top contender. Next year could be different, could be better, could be worse. I totally acknowledge that, all part of the narrative. But it just seems to be a learning experience and one that ultimately every team and their fan base will have to go through. And right now, the Sharks are trying to figure out how they're going to get themselves back into it. And that means they're going through pain right now. The last couple of seasons have not been fun. I think they probably thought that the 2019-2020 season was going to go a little bit better than it did, and they probably had their eyes on looking to make improvements as the year went on. Obviously, um, you know, Eric Carlson dealing with some stuff and Evander Kane being suspended early on, and the team just kind of, you could tell they were worn out from the year before. And so, you know, the last three years, including this year, are now going to be with the Sharks not in the playoffs, and they're trying to figure out how they get back. But, I mean, this is what happens when you have a, an extended run of success the way that these Sharks did. And, yes, I know people like to, you know, knock it and say, well, they didn't win a cup. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. it. That would have been nice. That would have been the cherry on top. And sometimes you can do everything right and still end up with the wrong answer. That's that's how it goes in life. I, you know, I think Billy Bean oftentimes has done the right things and come up with the wrong answer. I think that's what happens in sports. It's what happens in life. And ultimately, how you respond from those situations is what will set yourself up for future success. The Sharks have not just tried to blow it all up because I think they acknowledge that they do have good players and they do have the ability to get themselves right back into that contending picture if they do put pieces around it. But right now, they were not in a position to add those pieces in the previous couple off-seasons, and they've just been trying to figure it out and wait and see and bide their time and work on developing young talents and recognize where the window was and where it wasn't. If guys had performed above expectations, then you might have seen them make some moves. They didn't, so right now the Sharks have continued on that plan of not wanting to leverage the future for the present. And I think that even if the Sharks had been contending, it probably would have been more like, hold on and maybe make one trade for a depth piece and not exactly go after the blockbusters. And I think that is the smart way to go about this. I think the Sharks are trying to put out a compelling product while also trying to build themselves back up and up again. It's not a classic rebuild. It is something else. But in this market, especially when you have stars like a Carlson, like a hurdle, for instance, you want to hold on to those, which is another reason why Vegas, in a market with so much competition for your money in terms of entertainment, people wanted to go see Flurry play. I still don't get it, and I don't think that I ever will. But you know what? Enough about Vegas. Let's see the Sharks go out there and beat them tonight. That is what I'd like to see. More from Weatherby, more from Timo, more from Hurdle, more from Bonino. 
Let's see Rhymes have a good performance out there tonight as well. Be sure to join Dan Rusinowski for Teal Report, which is going to be playing again at 5 o'clock this afternoon. And then again at 6 o'clock. And also, if you missed any part of the buildup, this will be playing again at 5.10 and 6.10. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30. And then at 7 o'clock, the Sharks play Vegas one final time in the 2021-22 campaign. Game 79. I really can think of no better time for the San Jose Sharks to go out there and make life difficult for Vegas. All right, again, pre-game coverage, 6.30. Game time, 7 o'clock, all right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.